Hello and welcome to the show floor of the All Energy Conference here at the SEC in Glasgow. I'm Hamish Perman, a digital journalist at Energy Voice, and I'm joined now by Sean Reardon, Head of Section Industrial Systems Cybersecurity at DMV. Sean, thanks very much for joining us today. No, thank you for the invitation. No, not at all. So, I mean, first of all, what are your kind of reflections from the uh, from All Energy as we approach the, the last few hours now? Well, you know, I, we arrived here yesterday afternoon from Norway. So as we arrived, it was starting to go down a bit, but there's a real energy here. You know, there's a real sense of, uh, yeah, energy, what can I say? And today, we've been presenting, audience are excellent, fantastic questions, and yeah, I'm very pleased. And a lot of good after-conference chat, uh, various drinks receptions last night as well, which is always the most important things about these conferences. Absolutely, I think the best networking is done after hours. Yeah. Yeah. What were some of the main talking points from, from what you've kind of seen in the last day, today as well, the kind of issues that keep cropping up? Well, obviously the uh, decarbonisation, how we get to zero, how complex is it? Um, from my, my field, cybersecurity, is how do we actually achieve it? Because there's some fantastic new technologies being brought in to achieve net zero decarbonisation, but they add a degree of cyber uh, complexity. Yeah. And how do we protect that? And we're being pushed at the moment through world events to go you know, more and more renewable, which can open up vulnerabilities in our systems. Can you talk about the role of cybersecurity in, ener in energy, both oil and gas and transition? Because it's a word that a lot of people will hear and perhaps have got a vague understanding of, but won't really know the, the nuts and bolts of it. And that's, that's an excellent question. So I always ask, what is cybersecurity to you? And I point to a person, because it will mean 10 different things to 10 different people. But it is in effect affecting every part of our life because if you flick the light switch and the lights come on hopefully there's a whole chain of IT and operational technology and industrial control systems and if anything affects that we the end user the hospital suffer um, so cyber security is so wide-ranging it, it could be as simple as protecting somebody getting into a substation or to a wind farm, yeah. and they have been subject to physical attacks. Would you say that was cybersecurity? I would, because it's a step leading to stopping our cyber resources helping us. And has it really been thrown into sharp focus in the last 12 months? We've obviously, there's a horrible invasion of Ukraine, what's happened with the Nord Stream pipeline. It seems like the security of energy assets is as important now as it's ever been. I, I, absolutely. Uh, I can't think of a higher priority, if I'm honest. And that's not a commercial view, this is as, as a person. You know, we, we depend on so much for energy. Everything we do, from manufacturing, pharmaceuticals, oil and gas, you've also got the environmental aspect of it. Because we're now into Industry 4.0, which means the cyber-physical interface, the fourth industrial revolution. So the first one was steam, mass, two was mass production, three was the internet, and now we've got the ability to control our physical environment through cyber. So using those techniques, you could actually have a real-world impact. You've also got the environment. Can you imagine triggering an oil spill or gas, you know, prolonged gas flare in the North Sea? Um, environmental damage. Um, and everything's interrelated. And financial, financial markets, we've all seen this. Energy prices went up after the geopolitical situation in Ukraine. So although it's given us the impetus, or the industry, the impetus, to go greener, it's opened up potentially more vulnerabilities because we're having to rush to build the infrastructure. Yeah. And in terms of the technology, how is that going to be impacted? Um, like the fact that we're going to have 
hundreds of turbines spinning off sea, offshore that we're going to rely on, those are going to come back to shore with the cable. That in itself is perhaps a perhaps a risk. And, and how do DMV help companies to, to address that? Yeah, so DMV are very at the forefront of offshore wind, and there's some excellent research papers being published by our engineers. So you're right. The challenge is is to how to secure them, how to locate them, uh, how to monitor them, because. We, we're in such a complex industrial system, you might have 10 or 15 different suppliers. They all do condition monitoring, you know, keeping up to date. Um, you've got the energy markets, arbitrage, you know, buying and selling. You've got um, the challenges of transforming the, data, uh, the electricity, how to get it to shore. But it brings me back to my first point, they are physically vulnerable. There were some reports on the BBC in the last few weeks where suspected Russian uh, ships were mapping the seabed, spending time near installations. So cybersecurity can be affected by physical actions. So my view is security is a mindset. You have to start thinking about everything, you, you know, not just hand, fingers on keyboards. Right. It's the whole lot. And what can industry do? Because I mean, there's only so much that DMV and, and others like yourself could probably do to bang the drum for cybersecurity. It, 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 must, it must take receptiveness from companies as well to, to look at their own risks and flaws and, and to adapt to them. Absolutely. Well, the, the uh, older industries are oil and gas, very well established in safety, and their cybersecurity is better because the, the, the risk and the potential outcomes are so severe. With the renewables, perhaps, there's not that risk of that widespread damage. Yeah. So th there's a, a lag in catching up. Their technologies tend to be a little bit simpler in terms of complexity, but no less important. So uh, in, uh, I would recommend industry associations, which we're seeing coming up now, sharing data, either in Chatham House rules, yep. anonymization, uh, and it's been done in certain industries now. I've seen it in the maritime industry, particularly in Norway. Right. Um, and they're, they're starting to share this threat intelligence because one of the biggest factors identified for lack of cybersecurity in industry is qualified personnel. Right. And the last figures I saw, there was 1.5 million people shortage throughout the world. Yeah. So companies, even if they could afford to hire, for instance, DMV, um, there's only a certain number of people we have and our competitors. If they try and hire indirectly, they suffer things like short-term staff because yeah. they're being poached elsewhere. Uh, and how do you build up that expertise? And with DMV, we have uh, an ideal situation because we're such a big engineering company. It's across every industry vertical and we can draw on that. Now, I'm not an expert in mechanics, but I can ask someone that is. Yeah. And they similarly ask people like myself and my team, who are experts in industrial cybersecurity. So it's all about cooperation. Yeah, and that joined up thinking is going to be such a, such a crucial thing given the, the skill shortages that the industry is facing and that we hear from so many companies. That's going to be such a, such a big part of it. I understand you've got a report coming out in the next few weeks. Is that correct? Can you just tell us a wee bit about that? Obviously, you don't want to. Don't want, to, don't want to spoil it all before it, it hits published, but what's some of the key takeaways, perhaps the executive summary for, from it? Yeah, exactly. So what we've done, we've uh, surveyed over 600 industry professionals in, I think, 92 countries and asked them uh, a series of questions. Now, the report does come out in early June, so I'm just going to give you a teaser at this stage. All right, we can work for that. <laughs> yeah, 
and it, it, it's starting to show an improvement in some areas. So for instance, supply chain features heavily. Supply chain is one of the biggest risks because you may have the end product sorted, but somebody sits down the chain may not because it's a very competitive market. The upside is that there's a recent survey by the World Economic Forum. 85% of large companies um, are cautious or doubt the cybersecurity in their supply chain. As a market differentiator, I believe that's key. Because yeah. if you're further down the food chain, if you can say, yes, we have cybersecurity, and companies do not, you'll probably get the business. So supply chain is absolutely crucial, uh, in my view. Um, it is increasingly being discussed at boards. Right. Uh, I can't remember the exact figure, but it, I think it's around 70%, which is quite encouraging. However, there's a lower figure in terms of what we're going to do about it. You know, and do we have to be reactive or proactive? Uh, and we published this report last year as well um, to serve as a baseline. Yeah. And a lot of companies are anticipating loss of life, for instance, over 50%, which is quite concerning. But we are seeing an uptick uh, movement in, in investment and the realisation by the C-suite that this is becoming critical. Regulation is increasing. NIST 2 doesn't apply to the UK, but if you want to do business with the European Union, you'll have to be compliant with NIST 2. Yeah, so there's a lot in the pipeline. Yeah, a lot of moving parts there, and we we'll look forward to delving into the report in detail when it's published at the start of June. Sure. We're kind of running out of time, Sean, but just for one point before we finish, if there was one kind of key takeaway that you'd like someone to go home with about probably cybersecurity um, and to take to their businesses what would that be? Critical thinking. You know, uh, it's, it's don't constrain yourself with what you would do as a person. Because we all put our own morals and our ethics and our judgment because we're decent people. Mm. The bad guys don't. They don't care if your children have nowhere to live. They don't care if you live in a tent. So when you're looking at the threat landscape or the attack uh, surface, think absolutely everything. And if you're receiving emails, critically think it. Would the tax office send it to my Gmail account, yeah. unprotected. So critical thinking. So what I'm trying to say is it's a mindset. If you, you can always get technical expertise, you can always ask for management support, but the people in, uh, responsible for cybersecurity must have the correct mindset. In fact, that is the most critical aspect. Brilliant, some sobering but really important messages there, I think, and, and good ones to, to take away. Well, thanks very much for your time, Sean. That was absolutely fascinating and certainly give me an insight into something I don't know a, hell, a, a lot about, so that's, it's, uh, that was brilliant. But yeah, thank you very much again. And here we are now reaching the, the end of All Energy, but to read up on our copy from the last couple of days, please visit Energy Voice or SG Voice. Out Loud is the podcast from Energy Voice, leading the global energy conversation. Bookmark and subscribe to energyvoice.com Sign up to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for expert analysis and insight right across the energy sector. Subscribe to Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do encourage colleagues and friends to listen to Out Loud too. If you've enjoyed it, leaving a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps others discover it too. Thank you.